Welcome to the Grounded Stylist Podcast, where mindfulness and the beauty industry meet. I'm your host, Brooke Kenyon, and I'm passionate about teaching stylists how to stay grounded behind the chair and cultivate their dream career in life. Join me weekly so we can grow and journey together as you learn tangible pathways to success while protecting your peace. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. I am here today with Andrew Carruthers, and I'm so excited to be having this conversation with him today and sharing it with all of you out there. Andrew is the founder of The Journey is Coaching, which brings together a culmination of his life's journey, along with 25 years of experiences from the beauty industry to coaching, breathwork, and spirituality. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. I think we probably, uh, we were discussing before we started recording how we'll probably have a lot to say today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to be a little bit careful because I can be long-winded, so I don't want to bore it's people. It's <laughs> all good. I'm here for all of it. And if we need to have a part two, three, four, then we can always record more later. <laughs> Sweet. I love it. All right. So listen, something that I talk about a lot as someone else who is passionate on the topic of fear versus intuition, um, I'm excited to talk to you about this. I explain it to my uh, people that I coach and my friends and other people that lean into me for advice, that that loud voice inside your head or that voice that feels scary is fear-based and that's not what we're actually meant to follow. It's when you're quiet and you're balanced and you're living in the moment that you can hear that small voice and that's your intuition. How do you approach this topic when you're coaching others to lean into their intuition? A big a big part of my coaching is is trying to get people connected to body intelligence cuz as you said the the thing that tends to um take us over is head intelligence. And the head is the head brain is a beautiful thing. It's a really powerful computer. And we we think, you know, based on research that it's still kind of runs the show a bit like it's it's still kind of like the central computing system that tells the body what to do um but we also know from research that the heart and the gut both both are literally not figuratively but literally brains they they have the exact same properties that the head brain has um and this isn't woo woo fairy dust shit like this is real exactly. neuroscientist proven stuff you know <laughs> so yeah to to your point a, a big part of what happens is we we have to understand the purpose of the head brain um the purpose of the mind is to keep us safe like that is its primary function it wants to keep us safe so we get kind of caught up in the stories that it does tell because it feels safer to do so. It feels safer to believe that story that it's telling us because the purpose of the story is safety. Even if it's a even if it's a brutal story, even if it's stories of how you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not this enough, the purpose of that story is to try to keep you safe. Um, because possibly what it's trying to do is keep you from taking action on something that feels new or fresh or different because new or fresh or different is honestly it's dangerous that's that's what it feels like to the body so if if we first understand that those really loud stories of you know the lack or the self-judgment and so whatever it is that that is your body and your mind doing kind of what it's supposed to do but it's out of control that's that's the challenge and it's not in harmony with the other intelligences so um i i practice this thing called multiple brain integration techniques <laughs> um i got certified as an mbit coach um back in 2013 and the whole principle of it is to recognize that we do have that heart brain. We do have that gut intelligence. And when those things are in harmony with the head brain, it doesn't have the ability to take us over so much. It gets to just do what it's supposed to do, which is to compute things and to be analytical and to create vision. Um, and 
if if the heart is allowed to do its part of intelligence, which is compassion and empathy and connection, um, it's a place that we we think that our core values kind of sit is within that heart intelligence. And to your question about like that intuition aspect, we tend to see when people sit talk about intuition. It seems to come from that gut intelligence because also people use that term like, oh, I have a gut feeling about this, mm-hmm. right? Yep. yep. So a big part of my coaching is getting people to a place that they can integrate those different sources of intelligence because that's where we we feel that you'll have your greatest wisdom if all of that's integrated. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I love how you just explained that. I'm, I'm like... I'm learning so much. <laughs> um, I think it's beautiful because for me as a Reiki practitioner, you know, I, I'm very into the chakra system and maintaining energetic balance within the body. Um, but to hear the way that you're saying, I mean, it's, it's the same, but on that science-based aspect of it, when those systems are working and flow and when they're leveled and in balance with each other, then we can really produce better results in our lives instead of living in this place that feels very scary, even when things are, are scary, (laughs) you know, because life happens and we get hit upside the head sometimes and that's okay. It's not a matter of ignoring those things, but rather knowing how to move through them more fluidly. Yeah. And if, if we learn to differentiate, like, okay, this is just a story from the past, especially, um, like the head brain, the the subconscious part of the brain is really powerful. In mm-hmm. fact, um, most neuroscientists agree that 95% of our day actually is run by the subconscious portion of the mind, mm-hmm. which is a pretty trippy thing to think about that yeah. only 5% of our day is actually, actually conscious, conscious thinking <laughs> process. Yeah. The rest of it is really, it's, it's based in... Um, our history. Yeah. It's based on what we were taught. It's based on our experiences. And so if we know that, if we can differentiate what stories are just kind of coming up from that subconscious space of, well, this is things from my past. This is the voice of my mom who used to nag me about this, or, you yeah. know, it's the voice of that teacher that always told me that I'm not enough. If we yeah. can start to recognize it for that, versus what might come from deeper within, maybe even kind of like deep within the nervous system, because the nervous system's role is also to keep us safe. And so that first response of like fear or the response of like, hey, there might be some danger here. If that's coming from deeper within, like the nervous system or like kind of like that gut instinctual uh, or not instinctual intuition aspect, that's something that we probably want to pay attention to because right. we're sensing something right. versus the fear that comes up just because it's like, again, these old head-based stories that are just kind of running their patterns. Yeah. And it, it's, I, I think you kind of said this very well. It's really the difference about, are you thinking it? Do you feel it like literally up here in your head yeah. or are you actually feeling it in the body? Like, yep. do you feel it in your skin? Do you feel yeah. it like deep in your belly? And that's a great way to distinguish where it's coming from. Well, and to go along with that, I do a lot of through, you know, my Reiki practice, figuring out what trauma responses and triggers and things mm. like that. Like, where's that coming from? You know, is that something that is like, I practice this in my own life, right? Like how is, is this conversation that I'm having with myself in my head? Is this something that has to do with my immediate situation? Is this something that is old? Like you said, is it an old story that needs to be dealt with? Um, Is it a trauma response or is it something that's actually dealing with what's immediately in front of my face? And I think that that is an interesting conversation to have because I, as I talk to people about these sorts of ideas and topics and things, they're kind of like, wow, I never really thought about it like that. You know, mm-hmm. like this, I tell people too, when I'm talking about moving out old energy, I'm like, you don't even need to understand what it is or pinpoint it the way that I work with transmuting energy. But, you know, 
oftentimes if there's a behavior that you're continuing to have or a fear that you're continuing to have or a thought you're continuing to have up here, there's often something attached to that. That's not really even something you can understand. Yeah. And so, you know, processing those things instead of shoving them down, which is what we're programmed to do. Don't think about it. If it feels weird or gross or scary, um, processing it, thinking about it, letting it be what it is and trying to figure out where it comes from. I say on the other side of that fear is light and understanding and, um, actual healing in my opinion. I fully, fully agree with you. And I, I love that you brought up that point too, that we don't always have to go into this place of understanding. Cause I think that that's the part that often scares people away from like seeking out something like Reiki or coaching or even therapy is they think that cause all they've seen is what's on TV. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. think they're going to have to lay down on the couch, go back to their childhood, tell stories about like this and that. And and don't get me wrong, like there there's a time and place for some of that, sure. for sure. Like, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. What I'm saying is that's not how everything happens. And in fact, very often, like as far as the way that I've been trained as a coach, we actually try to keep people out of story some yeah. sometimes, like because the story if they just kind of continue to repeat the story over and over again, it's just repeating the trauma to the body. Yes. It's just exactly. actually reinforcing that sensation that was built back when that actually happened. Right. So, you know, if you're listening and, you know, you've been kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to do this Reiki stuff. I'm going to like lay there on the table and ball and have to tell my life story. And it's like, that, that's actually not necessarily how it always goes. I think I'm sure there are times that you once or twice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it does happen. Um, I've had it's energy work not... done before where I came apart. So, <laughs> you know, but I told a friend because I was talking to someone about this the other day and they were like kind of scared to have it done because they yeah. felt like there was just going to be this giant undoing, you know, and I, I would say, yes, it can be that intense, but it's not to the negative. I feel like mm -hmm. most of the time when you come on the other side of this, you're feeling lighter. You are feeling like something's been released and let go. And it's like I said, often those things that you don't understand that you cannot possibly process on your own or don't need to, like, you don't need to open that Pandora's box all the way. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it, it's just important to understand that like each person's experience is so different because yeah. I have coaching clients that have coached with me for years and they've never shed a tear and we've never talked about their childhood. And then yeah. I have people that I've coached three times and on the third time they're sharing some pretty deep stories about yeah. their childhood and, you know, sharing tears with me. And yeah. it's, it, each person is going to have a very different experience with yeah. it. I, I think what, is, what I'm trying to share is just, I think people get caught up in this idea that this is going to be some super uncomfortable path to walk. And yeah. it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. You yep. know? And yeah, frankly, like if you do build some trust with someone, it's probably going to feel fantastic yeah. to let some of that shit out. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's scary stuff to do on your own. And especially like, it's heavy. that's the thing. Sorry, go ahead. It's heavy. It's a lot to carry. Yeah, it is. And yeah. especially if if you're sharing it with someone that you don't have trust built with, yeah. that's when it's extra scary because right. that's when vulnerability doesn't feel comfortable is when there's no trust, like right. when there's not that feeling of safety in the space. Right. And so if you can build a relationship with someone like you and get a couple sessions where it's like, oh, man, I'm building some trust and building some connection with this person that's where like really good stuff comes, comes forward. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So I think we, you know, dove into this a little bit about distinguishing between those two fear and intuition based things. So, um, having fear can create resistance in your day-to-day -day life, especially if like we talked about, you're living in kind of that feedback loop of just like, you know, um, just really 
fear, 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 fear at every corner, really. I mean, I've, I've had times in my life where I've, I've been like that. When you're trying to learn how to lean into your, to your intuition, are there some practices that you recommend people use for this? Like, I know that you do have a background in, in um, breath work as well. So, so are there ways that people can like tangibly kind of move into positive productivity as they're learning how to navigate this? Yeah. And honestly, the simplest way is just to bring attention to it. It, it sounds so ridiculously oversimplified, but energy goes where our attention is. Yep. So if my attention goes to that belly space, energy is going to go there. And, okay. if, and we kind of joke around about the fact that these intelligences, they can be kind of like bratty children. So if, if you've been kind of stuck in your head for a really long time and you haven't really paid much attention to that gut space where it's like, you know, the intuition and the sense yeah. of self. If you haven't given that place much love lately, it's probably going to take a minute for it to open back up because it it is. It's kind of like a bratty child. It's like, oh, you're not talking to me. Well, you ain't paying attention to me. I'm done with you. Yeah, forget you. you. I'm out of here. And so honestly, just sitting and just breathing yeah. and being present with that belly space. And, and here's and again, this is like, I want to just give like some really super, super simple stuff that anyone can do. Yeah. Um, one of the best ways to get yourself into the body through the breath is gentle breathing in and out through the nose. Mm -hmm. And as you do that gentle breathing in and out through the nose, you just do an even count in and an even count out really super simple there's a million different breathwork techniques yeah this is just the most simple thing to yeah. get your nervous system into a place that you can connect with the body because yeah. the biggest barrier and I, I would imagine that this is part of the reiki too yeah. um one of the biggest barriers is the nervous system if it's in the sympathetic state, which is the fight or flight side of that's what we kind of most people can relate to is the, the fight or flight side of the nervous system. Because if we're in that sympathetic nervous system, if we're um, being kind of driven by the sympathetic side of the nervous system, it puts us in a place that it, it actually kind of shuts down a lot of the intelligence of the body because we go in, in the survival mode and the way that the human body has been kind of programmed to operate in that survival mode is to go into actually kind of the old parts of the brain that are very reactive. Mm. Um, yeah. So if you think about like how you feel when you're in that very triggered state, you probably feel either reactive, like you're ready to fight or you're like, I want to get away raising. from <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, if we're in that state, it's really difficult to connect to like that deeper wisdom within us Absolutely. because it, it's literally shut off. Yeah. So one of the best ways that you can regulate your nervous system is through the breath. The mm. in-breath is for the uh, sympathetic side of the nervous system. The exhale is for the parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest side of the nervous system. So if we even, if we do an even breath in and even breath out, we're basically balancing hmm. the nervous system. Yeah. Super, super basic, super, super simple. And there's yeah. lots of other ways to do it, but that's the one that I think, especially if you haven't tried any kind of breath work yet, Yeah, that's the one that's pretty magic. It feels very accessible and I, you have explained it beautifully because I think that as you're sitting here talking, I'm like, okay, yeah. So I would think about it this way, as far as the way that I, you know, work with energy, but to hear it on that, like nervous system, like body intelligence level is like, they, they, they are the same. And, and then you have your science and your spirituality and they go together really beautifully. Yeah. But I think that's also what I work with is making sure that we're not too up in the clouds or too, you know, down in the earth. We want to make sure that we're very centered through our heart chakra so that we can communicate clearly. We can be connected to our intuition, but we also can be giving ourselves the attention that we need within our lower part of our body, our gut, our, our uh, self-based systems, you know? So, um, I, I love that that simplicity of that breath too, because there are a million breath work things out there and I'm sure they probably all kind of operate in different ways, but to be able mm -hmm. to access that easily. One of the things that I teach, 
um, as far as teaching stylists to stay grounded behind the chair or taking moments away from the chair as they need to, to kind of clear energy, clear space, take a few breaths for themselves. And uh, I do like this one because it's simple, right? You can just do it right there. You can practice this while you're mixing color. You can, mm -hmm. you know, step aside for a minute and take a few deep breaths. And, you know, a lot of times we catch ourselves saying, I just need to catch my breath. I just need to catch my breath. Well, first of all, just allow yourself to breathe, you know? Yep. So I think, uh, just that simple in and out through the nose and kind of understanding the shift and the balance that takes place, even in that most simplest of acts really um, mm -hmm. is self-care, you know? So Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And that's something simple that we can implement um, even behind the chair, honestly. Yeah. Um, and when I have clients that are come that come in that are ramped up, I can kind of, I, I kind of set my hands on them and I'll breathe that way. And they'll kind of pick up on that as well, you know, um, share the love for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Okay. Yeah, share, share so, love, not, not the craziness. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. We all need to have a little bit of like reduce the crazy, share the love. That's what I'm about. Um, so listen, this other topic that I want to touch with you on is really cool because it's really about not acting like everything's all rainbows and fucking butterflies all the time. When you're talking about what if I could not worry, you know, but really stepping out of the mindset of worry that causes that low vibration um, place uh, that we all know negativity brings negativity and energy go energy flows where energy goes. So how do you help individuals identify and become aware of the reoccurring pattern of worry and anxiety? And what are some steps that they can do to stop that cycle? This, this is a tough one because the I want to be super careful about how we talk about this because the one thing that I want to be really clear about it is is that stopping stopping those stories or stopping worrying isn't easy. And so when someone's like, you gotta stop worrying so much, you know, you, like tell them to go fuck themselves. It's not <laughs> like, a switch, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's not a life <laughs> switch. <laughs> That was a really, really blunt one. But yeah, honestly, like, that's one place that I'm just like, you know what? If I could, I would. Yeah, right? It's not, making it's not it like I'm enjoying easy. this state. <laughs> exactly. Like, if I could turn it on and off like a light switch, I would. Yeah, you absolutely. know? And so just give yourself that empathy and that compassion that if you are stuck in this cycle of worry, if you're stuck in these cycles of, like, concern and stress and anxiety... Getting yourself out of it isn't a light switch. There is no light switch for this. There's absolutely things that you can do. First thing that you can do is breath. Like that is the key. If if you are on, and I'll give you a couple of things here. If you are really on the edge, like if you have gotten to that place where you're like borderline anxiety attack, um, what you actually need to do is you need to get the carbon dioxide levels up in your body. This seems weird because people would think like, oh, I need more oxygen. And that's yeah. not, actually not the case. You need more carbon dioxide because carbon dioxide is what helps to calm the nervous system. Okay. Um, and I won't get too far into kind of like the nerdy science -y shit of it, but... <laughs> That's part two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just trust me. Okay. <laughs> um, so to do that, there's a couple of things that you can do. You can either do short breath holds um, if it feels comfortable. For some people, holding their breath actually makes them more anxious. Right. But it can be as quick as like three to five seconds. Right. But here's the key for the breath hold. It has to be after the exhale. So okay. just remember that it has to be after the exhale. Okay. Because remember what I said is that the exhale is the parasympathetic aspect of the breath. Okay. That's the calming side of the breath is the exhale. So if we exhale and then pinch and hold and count three to five seconds, release, come back to our natural breath, take two natural breaths, exhale, pinch and hold, count three to five seconds, release. What you're doing is you're extending your exhale so you're extending the part of the breath that helps to support the parasympathetic calming side of the nervous system. 
Plus, you're starting to build up just a little bit more carbon dioxide within your system. It helps to reset the breath so that you are actually breathing again. Right. Because what the anxiety does is it takes you, of course, into the, you're very much being driven by the sympathetic, the fight or flight side of your nervous system. And as soon as we do that, the breath gets really short and gets really shallow and it becomes fast. Mm -hmm. When we do that, we start to hyperventilate. And so we actually start blowing off all the carbon dioxide within our system. So the short breath holds are a great technique. The other one, um, lots of people have seen the old paper bag trick. We don't recommend it because you actually don't get enough oxygen mixed in with the recirculation. But recirculating air, again, it helps to keep more carbon dioxide within the system. So you can just gently take your hands, cup them over your face, and just just try to breathe gentle in, in and out into your hands and that'll help to get more carbon dioxide within into your system okay okay so, those are a couple of things with the breath that we can do to kind of help to get ourselves off the edge right and then the post that you're talking about the question that is i at least for me and i i know for quite a few people that i've shared this with um, the question that is so powerful for me is what would be different right now if I could not worry? Right. If I could unplug that circuit, what would be different right now? And again, just remember, it's not that easy. We can't just unplug the circuit. Like that's not going to, it's not going to necessarily cure you. Right. But what it does is it gives the mind a state shift. Right. It gets the head to stop focusing on like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm freaking out because perspective. yeah, it's yeah. just that cycle that's spinning and it's going to yeah. get worse if it keeps spinning. So right. that question of, okay, what would be different right now if I could not worry? I would do this or I'd be this way or I'd feel this way. It's enough to get a state change within wow. the mind. Yeah. And it's It's been so incredibly helpful for me. Yeah. I, I love, again, I love everything that you said there. I think <laughs> that, um, it's just a, it's just a really interesting kind of, you know, balance to what I do as well. And so I just love yeah. hearing this side of it. Um, I think too, one thing that makes people worry more is that people fucking saying, well, don't worry about it. It's yeah, like, so then you're telling yourself that you shouldn't be worrying because everyone says I shouldn't be worrying, you know? I think that what you said is so true. It's not that you shouldn't be worrying, but like, what would it be like if you weren't, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is that subtle shift. Like you said, that perspective, that mindset kinds to start, starts to turn out of that lower frequency to a higher frequency, which allows you to open up and find some balance. And I think that instead of worrying about how you shouldn't be worrying. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it then, just makes it worse. Exactly. It's vicious. Um, say, well, what if I wasn't right? And and I actually had a conversation with Shelby Bentoncourt too, a little bit about like, well, what is the worst that could happen? Right. So this is this is on the worry side of it. What if I wasn't worrying? Like what would that look like? Right. And it is um, beautifully said, though, it is just enough to kind of start to change that perspective. And to me, perspective is everything because we we can all have a bad day. You know what I'm saying? If it could per- perpetually be bad if you stay in that headspace. Right. So once you make that choice to look outside of that and see what else is possible, that's when life becomes easier in my opinion it's not that it's all like i said rainbows and fucking butterflies but when you do hit those bumps in the road you're allowed to feel them and move through them and navigate them and own them rather than sitting inside that storm yeah the mental picture that i like to stick with you know i don't want to sit inside the storm i want to be outside of it kind of figuring out how to respond to what's going on around me instead of being in a reactionary uh fight or flight state yeah yeah and i think that that's this is one of the things even even something as simple as affirmation yeah i think this is this is a part of why and people are resistant to it is 
here's here's the thing if you are fully in that fight or flight state if you are just like super wound up you're super anxious yes in that moment saying i am fine i am present i am safe is gonna feel like a total lie (laughs) (laughs) yes and it's gonna feel ridiculous in that moment you're gonna be like okay i'm saying it nothing's happening i'm fine (laughs) and I and am strong. Right. <laughs> and and yeah, when you first start going into that affirmation, it's not like it's going to all of a sudden just again, like there's no light switch. It's not just going to like flick the light switch and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, actually I do feel strong. Yeah. I do feel present. I do feel great, safe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen after you say it two or three times. Right. But again, it, what if we understand kind of that, um, what we need to do is we need to take back control of the yeah. mind. We need yep. to take him back control of the state of the body. Yeah. That's what we're trying to work towards. Absolutely. And every time that you do it, it's like any other practice you've ever done. Exercise is a really easy one to compare this to because everyone has tried to start an exercise practice. <laughs> Everyone's tried first... to start. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> whether it's like you know going to the gym and lifting weights or like and doing yoga or whatever it is yeah everyone's tried to start an exercise or movement practice let's say Absolutely. movement not even exercise yeah the first couple times you did it remember how it felt yeah it didn't feel good <laughs> it was a struggle <laughs> like it, it right. didn't and you probably walked out of like the of like the yoga studio or maybe out of the gym and you're like oh yeah. god yeah. I don't even feel good. Like I'm yeah. sore. This sucks, right? Says this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And and it's the same thing as as we're working with the mind and with the body is it's a practice. Yeah. And so when you first start doing these things, it is going to not feel like it's a cure. It's not going right. to feel like a fix. And that's the thing we have to kind of get past sure. so that we can stay consistent with it and stick with it as a yeah. practice. And especially with something like affirmation, again, if it's just up here, if it's just about the mind, if it's just about the head, it's not actually going to be super effective. Right. If we're going to say, I am safe, I am present, what we also want to do is try to engage the body in this feeling. Yeah. Again, use your what if questions here. Okay, what if I was safe? What if I was really present? How would I feel? Right. And try to call up that sensation within the body. Yeah. Because if we can call up the sensation, the body will start to believe it. The mind will start to believe it. And so don't just say it through words. Try to call it up through an actual sensation too. And actually be okay with the fact that the first couple times, it's probably not necessarily going to fix anything. Right. Um, but over time, this stuff really works. Like it, it really, truly does. Yeah, for sure. I live it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Me too. I mean, I think back to like before I had these tools really. And like you said, it's a practice, right? It's something that you, you integrate into sometimes every moment of every day, you know, mm-hmm. depending on the day. So I think that the more tools that you can have and modalities that resonate with you that helps moving through these things a lot easier. And it does become a practice and it becomes, a, um, you know, I have those little like I am statements and affirmations throughout the day where I'm like, remind myself, Oh, okay. This is when I would want to just remind myself that this is, I, I am okay. I am strong. I am helping others or, you know, whatever that looks like to you. But I think that the more you do it, the easier it gets. Right. And so, um, and bringing that positivity into your space is, is life-changing. And I, uh, it's a self-care as well. I mean, it's all about trying to make sure that your, your body systems are functioning in a way that's not making you feel fucking crazy, you Mm -hmm. know? And knowing that you, you have the power within you to do that. And I do think that having coaches and mentors and 
healers or whatever resonates with you, part of your life is extremely important because that's something that's been very transformative for me is others showing me the way to be able to um, have these practices and grow what works for me in my life. So one of the things that I kind of wanted to bring up because this made me think of this on this topic was the Reiki principles. And this is something that resonates with me. Mm And it's about staying in the moment mindset, which does ease that nervous system. And it's just for today, I will not anger. Just for today, I will not worry. Just for today, I will be grateful for all my blessings. Just for today, I will work with honesty and integrity. And just for today, I will be kind to all living things. And to me, that's about not saying that you have to hold yourself to the standard that every day I'm going to be amazing. But today I'm going to try and be the best that I can be. And your best varies from day to day, and that's okay. And um, so those are things that I know to utilize that I've learned through my practice, along with releasing and healing, because healing is like the layers of an onion, you know, it, it peels mm-hmm. back until it's healed. Um, that, that helped me kind of focus on not living in that worry space. And I think too, worry comes from a place of uncertainty for the future. You know, people are like, well, well, you know, down the road, down the road, you know, this could cause this, 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 this living in the present moment helps alleviate that. And I think that what you've shown us today with breath and uh, talking about how the body calms itself and how you can utilize those tools can really help bring people out of that place of focusing on a future that's not even, doesn't even exist. You know, and um, so do you have any other things that you would like to add to that that you feel like are are really helpful in that when people are stuck in that space of thinking too far into a future that literally doesn't exist? Yeah, that's that's a tough one, because um, have, have you ever heard of the strengths finder? Uh-uh. It's it's a it's a really fun and kind of like fits in the world of like the personality test kind of stuff. Okay, but okay. this one's more specific. It it actually they did like just tons and tons of research of yeah. uh, around what are what are people's natural innate strengths. And hmm. they they came up with I think it's like thirty some odd different strengths. Okay. So you you take this test. It's just an online kind of test thing, and it spits out your f- top five. Uh, strengths it's really bizarrely accurate honestly (laughs) (laughs) to the point that when people first get their report they're typically like well well that uh, really that's my strength yeah because you are so good at it and you have always been so good at it that it doesn't even seem like a strength because it's natural to you Right. It's probably the thing that you get annoyed with other people because it's not natural to them because right. like, this isn't hard. Like this is easy. Yeah. Well, it's easy yeah. for you because you're so good at it naturally. Right. Right. So uh, one of my strengths and one of one of the strengths is futuristic that you do have the ability to kind of look into the future and create really vivid visions of what might come. Okay. It's a strength if it's used in the right way, right. it is a huge Achilles heel if it is out of control, right. which is what they talk about in that book. The book really stresses that every single one of those 30 some odd strengths that are in there, they can either be a huge strength to you, a great support to you, or they can be a great hindrance too if they're right. out of control. Right. So this, this, this strength quote unquote strength that I have also gets me into some really deep shit because (laughs) I will get so stuck just out in the future. And again, like if you come back to the purpose of the mind, not just, I'm trying to change that language because it's not the mind, it's the head brain specifically. The purpose of the head brain is to keep you safe. Yeah, it can't really do that if it's imagining puppy dogs and rainbows. Right. So it's not naturally going to go to the best case scenario. It isn't naturally going. This is why we kind of have a negativity bias is, right. is what kind of the neuroscientists call it negativity bias. Right. And the reason it's there is because, well, that's what's going to actually keep you safe. If you think about 
this conversation that you're about to have with your friend that might be a tough conversation and you start dreaming up all the ways that it could go bad and all of the things that you're going to say if it goes that direction, that's the way that you're going to keep yourself safe. Right. If you think about the future and you think about the lack of potential money that you might have and how are you going to make it through and what are you going to do if you don't make that money, that is the head brain's way of trying to keep you safe because it's creating the worst case scenario. Right. So again, like it's not necessarily going to naturally go to the best case scenario, the best vision for the future. Right. But especially if we get into those mindsets of negativity and start dreaming up these things of the future that are going to go so wrong, we can get so stuck there. We end up that's where the worry cycle just gets triggered. Yeah. Well, I think that's intriguing. I I want you to maybe send me the name of that uh, test that you're talking about. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes because I'm kind of like, now I want to look that up. I just had my human design done and I'm thoroughly intrigued by that. So manifesting generator. And then I found out that my husband is too. And then we're both a five. He's a five, two, and I'm a five, one. And I'm like, oh my God, we have all these things that are, how make so much sense now? (laughs) So similar, but um, going through and doing tests like that, I actually encourage it. Cause I do think that it's a really interesting insight, you know, and since I've had my human design done, I'm like, it kind of helps me understand how to interact with people better, more effectively, and also helps me understand how people, why people interact with me the way they do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I am an advocate. I mean, I think don't get like too far out into everything in moderation, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I do think that it's interesting and I do encourage people to kind of seek out some of those things and, and learn a little bit about, you know, um, some other facets of who they are. Yeah. So I fully agree with you there. I, I think, you actually have to be quite careful with those things because you don't want to define yourself by that. Yep. Um, it, it it actually does not make me happy when I hear people like, well, I'm just a five. So that's what I am. No. Yeah. Don't like, limit yourself. No, 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 no. Hang on a second. That's not <laughs> that's what, what I said. Everything are. in moderation. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, you said it really well, honestly, like you said it perfectly that like we, we need to be conscious that it's interesting insight. Yes. Thank it's you. It's just information. Yep. This is insight. And I yep. love how you said it too. It it helps us to understand, like, oh, is that is that some of the reason that like I act in these certain ways? Yep. And um, it's kind of like my good friend that he's he's almost 50 and he just finally got diagnosed that he's on the spectrum. Yep. It was so incredibly helpful for him. Like enlightening. Yeah, yeah, because he's able to look back in his entire life and go, oh my gosh, this stuff I've been beating myself up about, there's a reason. Literally could not even control. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think to your point, I think it's really helpful to get these insights because it can just really take that pressure off of us. Like, yeah. you're not broken. Yeah. You're, you're just different from the person sitting next to you that keeps telling you you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like it, 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 it takes the pressure off, right? Like we're all very different, unique individual people, right? We have these ways that we, um, interact and cause other people to interact with us. And I think too, it takes some of the pressure off from when you don't get along with somebody that's okay. You, yeah. you, there is a reality there that people can conflict. And that doesn't mean that you need to force yourself into a space to have to have a lot of interaction with them. I think there are places where you can remove those people from your, from your world, uh, especially as it comes to like in our industry where, you know, interacting with clients and things like that. Like, I, I think that it really helps us kind of just get a picture of what some of those interactions may be like understanding more about ourselves and how other people respond to us. But by all means, I am a huge part of my calling um, uh, is, is to help bring balance. And that is part of what I do when I do Reiki. And I think that any anything in extremes is unhealthy. And so as you consume information, um, just 
can take it for what it is, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. And um, you may be surprised to, you'll just be along your way sometime and you'll have an interaction with someone and you'll be like, oh yeah, that's because, you know, people interact with me this way and that's okay. And also, honestly, I think it kind of removes a little bit of judgment, if you mm-hmm. will, on yourself and others. Yeah. I always come back to, um, and please forgive me, I'm not an Ayurvedic practitioner, but um, so if I'm not uh, understanding this principle correctly, please, if you are, you can reach yeah. out and tell me that you are not using this principle correctly. Yeah. But how I understand the principle of especially food, what we feed ourselves, right? Um, or sorry, not necessarily food, but what we feed ourselves, and this can mean actually any substance, right? It can either be food, it can be medicine, or it can be poison. Mm. It's the same thing with what we feed ourselves through the ears. Absolutely. Same thing what we feed ourselves through the eyes. Yeah. It can be medicine, it can be food, or it can be poison. Yeah. And it has everything to do with like how much, when, yeah. how it interacts with what we already have within us. Like yeah. so it I think it's a beautiful message because it again reminds us that hey, that thing itself, it's not poisonous by its very nature right poisonous and how we are using it how are you consuming it and what are you doing with it right yeah yeah oh i love that um so this has been an amazing conversation and i do think we're gonna have to have some other parts (laughs) i'm in i'm in (laughs) Uh, but for today we'll close out i like to ask this question and as a stylist also on a mission of sharing mindset and self-care um, I'd love for you to share with our listeners how you avoid burnout and protect your peace in your business so that you can create your dream life and your career, your coaching business, and be able to guide others as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This could be a whole thought. episode in and of itself. <laughs> um, so I'm just trying to think of like the simplest, I, I'll, I'll say probably the simplest thing. Yeah. Um, that is also probably the hardest thing is actually creating boundaries, not just talking yeah. about them, but actually creating them and yeah. sticking to them. Yeah. It's, it is by far one of the most powerful things I've ever done for myself. Um, and look, guys, like I've, as you mentioned, I've been in the industry for 25 years and I have set and broken boundaries hundreds of times. Really? So when you do it, don't beat yourself up because yeah. you didn't backslide. That's yeah. one of the things that I'm really becoming clear about recently is when we commit to something and then we step off that path, it's not a failure and you didn't go backwards. It is, there's no such thing as this like one step forward, two steps backwards, in my opinion. Right. Because what I look back at is each time I set that boundary and then I broke it, I didn't take two steps back. I learned mm-hmm. something from it. And the next time that I set the boundary, forward, actually, exactly, I took a step forward. Or maybe I took a step to the side, kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the path veered off to the left, because it's not like we're on this linear tight wire back Absolutely. and forth. Yeah. And so each each time that I broke that commitment, I learned something. And then the yeah. next time that I recommitted to it, the commitment was stronger. Right. And it lasted longer and had right. more depth to it. And then something came along and I broke the commitment and I learned from that. And like I said, it happened probably a hundred times. Yeah. Until when I started my business, The Journeyist, back in 2021. Well, not when I started it, when I fully committed myself to The Journeyist. Right. Um, I've had my company basically since 2010, but it's always been kind of a side project. So in 2021, when I left my full-time position with Samvia, and committed just to my work, I said, look, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Those are my coaching hours. Yeah. I will not change those. I will not ever, period. I don't care what comes up. That's when I coach. Right. I've really stuck to it. And I have to tell you that like being committed to that boundary has has really been the thing that I think has kept me from burnout. Yeah. 
because I don't really You're think so that important. it's work that actually creates the burnout. It's yeah. the overwork. It's yeah. the depletion of our resources. Yes. That's what puts us in a state of burnout. Yeah. That's what sure. I would suggest. Yeah. No, I love that. And you're so right. It's not I, I, that last point for real. It's not the work. It's the overexertion of yourself and then the not pouring back into yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can only give as much as we have within us. And if we're not refilling our own cup, which is a boundaries thing, saying no is a self-care word. Um, in my opinion. And um, it's not just talking about boundaries, it's creating them and then following them. And on those times where you choose not to follow them, um, not feeling like you've taken this huge step back, but maybe even sometimes you said, okay, you know what, for today, I'm okay with adjusting this in this situation. But that in and of itself is a boundary because you're kind of checking in with yourself to see if you have enough to give um, a little extra. So, ah, I love that. That's amazing. Listen, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. I really enjoy talking to you. I'm probably going to listen to this myself several times. <laughs> um, and I always want to pull a card when I do uh, a podcast. So I pulled one Fun. before I got on with you. And I think it's really interesting because the card is called Nurture. So um, the... Focus of this card is to focus on creating a calm and balanced life for yourself. Um, Poignant, considering I pulled it before we even had this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think that what this card is asking you to do is to maintain a compassionate, nurturing, realistic, and down-to-earth attitude when it comes to collaborating with others and your present condition. You can benefit from being more resourceful, Be careful of giving too much without regard for your own needs. If you're feeling exhausted or have been prone to illness, you're invited to stop doing so much for others and do more for yourself. Learning to nurture and create occasions for others to grow by offering a safe and accommodating energy. This is the energy of the heart chakra. Um, yeah, so I, I, I was just kind of glancing over the rest of that, but I think that that's the... The overarching theme is making sure that we are focusing on creating a calm and balanced state for our bodies to function better, for our different systems to work in balance and in conjunction with each other. So um, listen, what are the best ways for people to get a hold of you if they are interested in looking into your programs? Thank you. It's um, pretty simple. You can find me on Instagram. Just look up Andrew Carruthers on okay. Instagram. Um, there's a guy in Britain that has the same name, but he actually has it on his profile, not the hairdresser, because he kept getting all these friend requests from oh, really? hairdressers. <laughs> <laughs> not the hairdresser. So that'll that'll give you a cue. That's not the Andrew Carruthers you want to connect with. <laughs> right. And you can also go to my website. It's the journeyist dot life um, and you can uh, connect with me through that beautiful listen thank you so much for your time today andrew and i look forward to connecting with you soon thank you brooke thank you thank you for tuning in to the grounded stylist podcast remember your journey is not just about creating outer beauty but also about nurturing your inner self So keep aligning your energy, embracing your uniqueness, and cultivating your dream career in life. This is Brooke Kenyon, your guide and coach. Until next time, stay grounded, protect your peace, and live in love and light.